Chapter Fourteen of Billy Whiskers: The Autobiography of a Goat by Francis Trego Montgomery. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Allison Hester. Chapter Fourteen: What Billy Did on Tuesday. Tuesday turned out to be a dismal, cold, rainy day, and Billy was glad enough to stay quietly in the tent. He thought it would be a good chance to become better acquainted with the animals in the cages, and he decided to call on them all by beginning at one cage and visiting each in order until he had completed the circle. He could not stay where he was, for Nancy, the old maid camel, made him nervous. She talked so much, and when she was not talking, she chewed her cud like an old maid chews gum. How can you stand her? Billy whispered to the elephant. Oh, I have got used to it, said the elephant, and I don't hear her half the time, and when she gets too bad, I just pull the flops of my ears down tight to my head, and I can't hear a word, and then I set my trunk to wobbling, and make it nod yes half the time, and no the other, and I find it answers quite well. But how do you know when to say yes and when to say no billy asked i don't mind if i do answer wrong part of the time and if i get too much off she stops talking altogether and that pleases me better so you see it answers very well but don't you get tired of leading such an inactive life asked billy i used to answered the elephant when i was younger and before my mate died but since she died and i have rheumatism i don't seem to care much for without her there would be nothing to do if i did run away besides your climate is so cold and your forest so skinny and bare looking there would not be any fun living in them our forest skinny and bare looking did you say you don't know what you are talking about i guess our forests are as nice as yours in india and not half so full of snakes and chattering monkeys to say nothing of the nasty crocodiles and hippopotamuses that you have in your rivers and vines growing all over the trees and from one tree to another so thickly you can't walk without making a path for yourself by breaking them down oh but that is just what i like said the elephant and the air is so hot and moist you feel fine while here you are either all dried up with heat or shivering with cold well everyone to his taste i suppose and he walked over to the hyenas cage to make their acquaintance out of curiosity as he knew little about hyenas my aren't they homely sneaky shifty-eyed looking things thought billy i would not like to meet one alone after dark but still i hear they are cowardly and wait until one is dead before they try to eat him up i don't think i will make a long call for they grin and laugh too much and their laughter has no mirth in it it is just a loud guffaw so he only stayed a few minutes and then went on to a beautiful white llama's cage 
"'Good morning, Miss Lama,' said Billy very politely, for he wished to get in the good graces of the beautiful Miss Lama, whom he admired very much for her long, silky white hair and mild brown eyes. "'Good morning, Mr. Whiskers,' she replied. "'How do you find yourself after our Saturday night's trip?' "'Very well,' said Billy. "'But I am afraid you must have had a bad shaking up where the bridge was broken. "'If you had to go down that steep embankment to cross the creek.' "'You are right. It was steep.' said the llama, and I was nearly scared to death when I felt the water running into my cage, and I had just given myself up as lost when it commenced to recede, and I was thrown on my knees by the cage being pulled with a jerk up the opposite bank. How did you get across? Oh, easily. I just jumped from one pier of the bridge to the other, said Billy. I met a friend of mine, and we went off and had a fine time. How I wish you could get out of that cage so you could go with us sometime. You don't wish it more than I do, and it always makes me weep when we are driven along the sweet-smelling roads to think that I can't get out and must be shut in here for life. It really is a shame, for you are too pretty to be shut in a cage. Are you sure you can't break some of those bars some night and get out? I am sure, said the llama, for I have tried time and time again. Well, Billy Whiskers, you are the concernedest goat I ever knew, and how in the dickens you managed to break that chain is more than I can tell. Billy and Miss Llama heard someone say behind them, and looking round, they saw the animal keeper. So, so, you simply pulled up the stake you were tied to when you found you could not chew your chain in two, did you? Well, come along with me. You have been idle long enough, and we are going to teach you some new tricks. When Billy heard this, his heart sank, for he disliked the ringmaster, and was afraid they would make him stand on his hind legs and walk. Had he only known it, that was the easiest thing he would have to do. He was led to the performing ring, and there stood the hated ringmaster facing a line of animals, standing in a straight line, reaching from one side of the ring to the other. In the middle stood the elephant, with the summer house, as Billy called it, on his back. Next him stood a camel. Next the camel, a giraffe. Next the giraffe, a horse next the horse a zebra, and last a little Shetland pony. On the other side of the elephant were more animals, standing in the same order. What in the world can they want of me? thought Billy. But he soon found out, for they dressed him up as a clown in a white suit with red spots on it, and tied a mask on his face, and a pointed clown's cap on his head. Then they led him to where the pony stood and made him walk up a stepladder onto a little platform strapped to the pony's back. From this he was made to walk up another step onto a similar platform on the zebra's back. Here he was made to stop and make a bow, and so on, until he had reached the little summer house on the elephant's back. 
This he was made to enter and sit upright on a little seat that was inside while the elephant started forward and walked out of the ring carrying Billy with him. After this he was dressed as a workman with a pipe in his mouth and a hod of mortar strapped to his shoulder and made to walk part way round the ring on his hind legs. Then he was allowed to rest and was given a bunch of carrots to eat. While he was eating these Betty was brought in, hitched to a little low-wheeled cart. Then a Great Dane dog was brought in, hitched to a similar cart. After that, a man pulled in another cart, like the other two, and hitched Billy to that. The carts were painted red, white, and blue, trimmed with flags. Soon, three little dogs, dressed as ladies, were carried in, put into the carts with the reins over their necks. Then, the goat... Burrow and Dog were put neck to neck and ready to start on the race that was to begin when the ringmaster cracked his whip. At the signal, the dog got started ahead, but halfway around the ring, Billy passed him. The next time around, the dog was again ahead when slow little Betty balked in the middle of the course and both the goat and the dog ran into her, upsetting the carts and spilling out the little lady dog drivers. None of them were hurt, and the little dogs ran around stepping on their silk petticoats and getting their hats askew, they enjoying the upset by barking and making all the noise they could. "'Well, boys, you want to do it better at the regular performance,' said the ringmaster as the animals were led from the ring. End of chapter 14